theatrical illusion must be partial, so that it can always be recognised as illusion. Art is not a mirror with which to reflect reality, but a hammer with which to shape it. The question of what artistic devices we should choose is simply the question of how we can get our audience to become socially active, how we can knock them into shape. We should try out each and every conceivable artistic device which can help towards this aim, whether it's old or new. Uh, you know, he, he said that he would like on his tombstone the words, you know, he made suggestions, we carried them out. He doesn't say he made orders or he made, uh, you know, demands and we carried them out or he commanded us. That he thought this might work and this might work and that might work and I think that the theoretical writing is absolutely like that. He really had almost a strangely split mind between the academic part of him that wrote theory and the man of the theatre who refused. He would even in rehearsal say I don't know what idiot wrote this theory or uh, I don't know what idiot wrote this part of the play. I mean, that said, I think that uh, what one gets from reading the theoretical work is somebody who is grappling with uh, the profoundest uh, truths about the theatre and the very heart of what we talk about when we talk about the quality that we describe as theatrical. He sees a creeping naturalism that he knows in part is going to come from the most unnatural of all media, from film, and he's saying, don't try and compete with this. You're going to lose and it's not interesting. I mean, I think that what he's really talking about is um, the, the essential dialectic of the theater, which is that it creates um, an illusion that is um, both effective and not at the same time, that it asks you to believe deeply in something that you are absolutely aware is artificial and fake, and that you hold both of those um, feelings and awarenesses, uh, um, uh, belief and disbelief, um, in the same place, in the same impossible tension, and that you start to understand through theater, I think he means to say, uh, the, the double nature of reality. But that's what life is like. Um, you know, you can have Leona Lewis singing um, for the boys out, out in Afghanistan to try and lighten things up. And then five minutes after she's gone, poof, and we're not meant to sit comfortably and predict what's going to happen because that's not what this play is about and I think the more they throw in things unexpected the more that they shake you up when you feel like you know where this is going. I mean, the, the new sort of modern way of talking about it is distanciation and I think that um, you know it's making the familiar strange and the strange familiar as he says and as I, as I was just saying I feel that there's a, in a way theatre does that automatically. Gary Safton uh, in the play, who's the guy? Who's the guy? He plays the sergeant at the start, and he he does all the bombs, and he 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 does sound effects. He does the sound effects and various things. Um, that to, that to me is alienation. Because you see something that exists outside of the play, but in some weird way, and I still can't articulate why. In some weird way, that 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 was drawing me further into what was happening on the stage because there was something, you have, you have the narrative and you have the story of what's going on and then all of a sudden there's a man who exists outside the play doing sound effects of a bomb going off, of something else, but you see, but the people are experiencing what he is doing outside the play as a reality and it does, it does something very strange. Now that's bricked, absolutely bricked, you know, very simple and you may have noticed that also the stage 
personnel such as the sound, lights, you know, and the, the stage technicians where they would normally wear black, they would be in black during, during the production on stage, but not on this particular play. And Deborah Warner didn't want that. She wanted everyone to come as they are in their own clothes. Stone by stone they climb on the efforts make them worn and weak. Broken down they barely make it back to bed. not only that you can see all the stage crew coming on to do what their job would be you know behind the scenes what Deborah has done as well is she has taken every single wall away everything and you see that, that you see the theatre itself as the theatre is um, for some people it was just visually exciting for some people I'm sure it meant a great deal in, 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 in terms of Brechtian theory. For some people, it would, have, it would have said something about war and about humanity and about us all. So it was, it was, an, it was another layer. His ideas of alienation, uh, when he was writing this play, would have been staggering to the audience. They would have been very disconcerting. And all those methods have just been taken up as general practice. I mean, every... Um, Every play since then, well not every play, but it's become very typical theatre language to see lights, to have abstract scenery, to have music. All, all the Brechtian techniques of alienation are used very regularly. I and many of my colleagues, you know, Simon McBurney, me, all of us have been have made theatre within, you know, the slipstream of this extraordinary miracle of what Brecht actually did. <laughs>